0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the March 18th, 2020 edition of Peaceful Globalist Review. I am your host, the Peaceful Globalist, Ephraim Jocene. So, I think we need to start out tonight by talking about just the worst news right now. You know, there's this pandemic going on, the global economy is plunging, however... Believe it or not, that's not the worst thing going on. No. Instead, and I say this with a very heavy heart, Bill Weald is dropping out of the 2020 presidential race. Shane, too, he was the only candidate who could still hold rallies. Uh, for those who don't know, Bill Re- Bill Weald was a primary challenger to Donald Trump. He, basically his entire platform was Sir, this is not who we are! For about a year. He announced his candidacy on MSNBC's Morning Joe, in which he basically just said, Donald Trump is mean. And then he squandered for a little bit, got, I think it was like 50 delegates or something to the convention, uh, which actually isn't bad for a primary challenger. Typically, they don't get any delegates. Um... But thats it was still awful by every stretch of the imagination. And now Bill Weald has dropped out. And I don't know what we're going to do. Looks like his career is going to end with being the governor of Massachusetts 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, Bill Weald just has horrible political timing. I do not know what happened. Okay, he resigned from governor of Massachusetts in 1997... So he could become Bill Clinton's ambassador to Mexico. However, Jesse Helms stopped that because he was because Wields was pro-gay marriage is basically what it came down to. Those were the controversies of the 1990s, everybody. Um, since then, Wields just sort of gone around, not really done much. He was Gary Johnson's running mate back in 2016. And then he was a presidential candidate for a little bit. And now he's not anymore. In other news, related to people whose presidential campaigns you actually care about, um, Super Tuesday 3 was yesterday. Um, Arizona, Florida, and Illinois all had their primaries. And let me tell you, yesterday was a very bad day for malarkey. Okay? And I'll tell you why, because Joe Biden won all three of them. Just, wow. <laughs> I'll admit, I was one of the people who was counting him out of the race. After the Iowa caucuses, because I thought there was no way he was going to come back. Then he won South Carolina, which we expected. Then he won—I said the only way he could come back is if he won, like, every Super Tuesday state. And then he won 10 out of 14 Super Tuesday states and would have won every state except Vermont um, if Michael Bloomberg wasn't in the race. Because he was playing the moderate vote. So, just Wow. Wow. It's actually kind of amazing when you think about it, because there were a lot of very serious commentators, myself included, um, get it because I'm not very serious, uh, who said that Bernie Sanders was going to be a Democratic nomination. There was no doubt about it in most of people's minds, including mine, including mine, I'll admit that right now. Um, but as of right now, you need 2,233 delegates declared by the convention to be the nominee for chair. As of right now, Joe Biden has 1,180 delegates. Okay, now Bernie has 885, so he's just under 300 behind, so it's not impossible for him to catch up. There are, um, oh, wait, you need 1,991, not, what I said before, 2,000-something. <laughs> But it's not impossible for Bernie to catch up, but it is not very likely. There has never been a scenario where somebody who wasn't leading, who lost Super Tuesday, went on to be the nominee, let alone somebody who wasn't leading this far out, then became the nomination. Every candidate, I think it was 1988, who won Super Tuesday, went on to be the nomination – Every Democrat since 1996 who'd won Iowa went on to be the nomination. So that's a tradition being broken right there. Um, Because Buttigieg won the nomination. He has 26 delegates. And he dropped out quite some time ago. Um, Wow. Or won Iowa, not the nomination. So what caused Biden to rise like this? There are a lot of different theories going on online. Most are saying it's All these moderate candidates dropping out. Some are even calling that cheating because I guess it's against the rules for candidates to drop out. Yeah, there's this very popular conspiracy theory going around the Bernie Sanders circles that Joe Biden went to the people behind the Buttigieg campaign and the Bloomberg campaign and one of the other campaigns, I forget, the Klobuchar campaign, that's who it was, and said that if... They dropped out, uh, and he won the presidency. He'd give them a cabinet position or something. As of right now, there's no evidence of that. There's no evidence these conversations took place. And even if there was, that's not against the rules. That's never been against the rules. That is actually very common practice for people to pick former people running against him in the primary to be major cabinet position. I mean, look at Barack Obama. He literally, his first choices were Joe Biden, who was running against him for the nomination in 08 as vice president, and Hillary Clinton, who was his biggest rival as secretary of state. You know, uh, Donald Trump is Ben Carson as the secretary of housing and urban development, and he threw around the idea for a while. This was a while ago. It was just when Trump was starting to lose hold of Sessions that he was going to make Ted Cruz attorney general. That wasn't collusion. There was talk within the administration, uh, the campaign of making John Kasich his running mate back in 2016. That wasn't collusion. That's not what collusion is. Collusion requires very specific evidence that these people just don't have. So we're going to go through a couple more of the claims as to why people think that Biden is rising. Most of them revolve around Bernie being cheated in one way or another like he was in 2016. Side note, the evidence for him being cheated in 2016 is not as strong as these people think. Like, I've actually asked a lot of these people for the evidence Bernie was cheated. They can't give me that. Oh, well, um... Bernie was polling well with independents, yet independents have never been able to vote in partisan primaries outside of a handful of states. It's their fault for not looking at state laws. And for that matter... Wouldn't right now be an example of an energized base being maybe more likely to go out and vote for Bernie? But none of this makes any sense. So the main argument these people have as to why Sanders is not nomination, is not leading right now, is voter suppression. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez directly said this on CNN, that it was voter suppression. I think her exact reasoning was that there were long lines. At the polling place. But then who are they suppressing? I mean, don't get me wrong, that is evidence we need more polling places, and I've been saying that for a long time. However, that doesn't equal suppression, that just means you have to wait for longer before you can cast a vote. Suppression would be actively stopping you, you can still do it, it just takes longer. And you know what? If that stops some people from voting, that must mean they didn't consider it a large priority. Because I've known people who've stood through these long lines, been like two-hour lines, and they felt voting was a priority, so they waited it out. If these Sanders supporters really felt it was a priority, they would be waiting it out much more, but they don't. It's slacktivism, for lack of a better term. Another fellow by the name of Philip Agnew, who's a senior advisor to Bernie Sanders. Um, I'm, my first comment is, I wonder if this fellow realizes he shares a last name with noted racist former Vice President Spiro Agnew. Okay, that was just mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but no, he was saying, well, kids were on spring break at the time. Again, like you can't stay home during spring break. If being on a beach or getting drunk matters more to you than voting, then that's fine. Don't vote. But don't act like you're being suppressed for, because there are real examples of voter suppression in this nation. You know, there have been people convicted of voter suppression before in just the past few elections. Uh, one of them was Chris, Co- Chris Kobach who if you don't know is the former, I think it was Attorney General of Kansas, was running for governor in 2018, got convicted of voter suppression in a race he lost. Because he's not even good at that because he's just so stupid. But no, that would be a legitimate example of voter suppression. However, and this is the big however, Kobach was doing very specific things. He wasn't just scheduling elections on specific dates. Because, by the way, the dates of primaries have been very set in stone for several years now. Super Tuesday has existed since at least 88, probably close to 80. And we've had 50-state primaries since, I think, 72 or 76. Yeah, yeah, it had to be 76, because 76, there's a whole 50-state prior between Reagan and Ford. Um, but we know how this scheduling works. We've always known how it works. So what is... At the end of the day, if you can't figure out how to schedule around it, that's just on you at that point. And there are exceptions to this, obviously, but that's why we have things like early voting. Again, if you can't, just go do that. There are ways around this. And it seems like a lot of these Sanders supporters don't want that. Um, so why is Biden getting a lead? Why has there been kind of this fall of Bernie Sanders? Because if you remember, throughout 2016, there were a lot of points where him and Hillary Clinton were kind of neck and neck. Now, mind you, that did not last for as long as most people thought. In fact, by this point, though the lead was smaller, Clinton had a clear lead over Sanders. Um, However, what has caused, for instance, all these states to go to Biden instead of Sanders when we all thought Sanders would have his name out there more, you would have all this press, all this coverage, and people would just love him, and they'd support him nonstop, and it'd be like the second coming of Roosevelt. Or technically third coming, but that's another story. And the answer is, a lot of people who voted for Bernie Sanders just didn't really like Hillary Clinton. That was it. And there were a lot of people who, by the way, knew Clinton was going to get the nomination, who didn't vote at all in the primary. That's another factor we don't see. For a good amount of the early race, Sanders was not considered a serious candidate. So there were a lot of people in earlier states especially that just did not vote in the primary, but were going to vote for Hillary Clinton in general because they felt that he was gonna, that she was going to get the nomination no matter what. Not only that, but there were a lot of people who just voted for Sanders for a a variety of reasons because they didn't like Hillary Clinton. And there are a number of reasons for this. It was she was horribly scandal written. You could blame it on sexism. You could blame it on her being too engrossed in the establishment and people wanted an anti establishment candidate, other than why are they going for Joe Biden. You could blame it on a constant smear campaign. I mean, Hillary Clinton is the woman who coined the term vast right wing conspiracy. And to some extent, there kind of was one against her when they were accusing. Her of killing a Clinton aide or selling property that she had no involvement with and doing literally everything under the sun that was illegal. And so, as such, Sanders kind of walked into this race thinking people viewed him or thinking people viewed like they viewed Hillary Clinton. It turns out it's the exact opposite. With Hillary Clinton, the more she was around, the more people hated her. You can look at how people reacted to her in the 90s versus how they reacted to her 30 years later. You can look at even over the course of the race. You know, she had approval ratings that were fairly high, all things considered. It looked like that if it was just, if the election had taken place when she announced her candidacy, it was her versus Donald Trump, she probably would have won. But she just kept going and going, and the more people saw her, the more people hated her. Biden seems to somehow have the exact opposite effect. The more people see Joe Biden, the more people like Joe Biden. In all fairness, Bernie Sanders also had that effect. The more people saw Bernie Sanders, the more they liked Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders does very well against unlikable candidates. He does not do very well against likable candidates. And the fact is, people actually do like Joe Biden. There are a lot of people who find his gaffes actually kind of charming. There are a lot of people who agree with his moderate policies. There are a lot of people who don't want to go for a full-on socialist. There are a lot of people who remember what he was doing during the Obama administration, or remember his very long career in the Senate, and are voting with him either because of name recognition or because they remember him as the Biden who wrote the Bonds Against Women Act and who made their streets safe through a 94 piece of legislation. And who attempted and failed several times To get drugs off the street in hilariously more and more desperate ways. Um, And so, if you really think about it through that perspective, it makes sense why Sanders is going to be, at the end of the day, not nomination. Why it's going to be Biden. And I believe firmly right now that Joe Biden is going to be the nomination. I know I'm right on this. Okay? That's it. I'm Ephraim, and good night, and if you enjoy this podcast, you'll probably enjoy my book, Ramblings of a Madman, Life as an Anarchist. You can buy it on Amazon, $10 for a paperback, $5 for a Kindle edition, free with Kindle Unlimited. Good night.